This is a Founder Media podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Founding Austin's Up and Comers, a show about Austin's startup boom with a focus on the city's vibrant innovation sector. I'm your host, Heather Wagner-Reed. Today, we are here talking to Amos Schwartzfarb, Managing Director of Techstars Austin, who is here not only to tell us about his incredible career, but also about what this highly regarded global accelerator can do for your startup. Not to mention, he's got a new book coming out this year called Sell More Faster. Let's take a listen and find out more. Nice to see you here and nice to see you here, Amos. Good to see you again, Heather. (laughs) Good to see you again. Um, Amos Schwarzfarb is here with us today, and he's got three different things that he's going to be talking about because his life is, first of all, very fascinating. I've had a chance to get to know him better over the past year um, as one of the leaders in our city um, in the sector. And he's got an incredible startup history. He's got an incredible history with Techstars Austin, which is a local accelerator. And he's got a new book coming out called Sell More Faster this fall. So, Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thanks. So, okay, I want you to start with a little bit more about, I'm going to throw you a total zinger. Oh, I love throw it. Throw you a zinger. Bring it. What drives you? Oh, man, that is a zinger. <laughs> um, you know, I think about this question a lot because I've had a lot of jobs and roles and experiences in my life that I could say like, yeah, I'm in a good spot. I can just kind of hang out and I never do. Um, and I've actually, you know, left companies and leaving, you know, after an acquisition, leaving money on the table to go do something else. Sometimes that something else is, doesn't pay anything at all. Um, the best that I can come up with is I like I like self-inflicting emotional pain on myself. <laughs> Not really, but kind of. Um, this might get deep. Okay, yeah. Just so you, know. Uh, you know, I, I I like solving things. I like solve I like solving things, especially when they're deeply interesting to me. And I mm-hmm. I can't always put my finger on what they are. Um, but when when I'm doing something and I see a more efficient way to do something to, mm-hmm. to do it or a way to turn something into something bigger than what it is, uh, I get very excited about that. And that could be professionally, that could be personally, that could be, you know, with my family, with, you know, my extracurricular activities, but Mm -hmm. I I, I like pushing limits. Right. Yeah. Okay. So tell us a little bit more about your background. Where were you born? Where you went to school? Some of your interests, because I think it all plays into the story. Yeah. Um, so I was I was born in the Bronx, New York, um, third generation born in the Bronx. So we've, my family's been in the States for a really long time. From? From Poland, Russia, and Germany. Um, so far, I mean, you know, four generations back. So a long time. Nice. Um, and uh, but we moved to Fort Lee, New Jersey when I was in first grade. Um, so I like claiming the Bronx, but really I'm from Jersey. Right. And I'm very proud of that as well. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I I I I, I don't know what to tell you about growing up. I was I was 
just an average kid in a lot of ways, but also I, you know, I liked doing things that were hard all the time. And, mm-hmm. um, and I liked, I think maybe the, a better way to say it is I liked exploring lots of things. So I was on the wrestling team and I wrestled from when I was very young and I was in the marching band and I was on the debate team and I ran track and, um, and I did not get good grades, but I, uh, except in the classes that I, that I really connected with the teacher. So mm-hmm. I had the, mm-hmm. the ability to get yeah. good grades, but yeah. eh, I was like an average student. I think in a class of 190 people, I was 95th. Dead That's in the center. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, when I when I left high school, I didn't really want to go to college. It was really important to my parents because I went to both of my parents' college graduations. And for them, it was important for that I had a, a college education. And wow. You went to the, both the graduations? I went to both. Yeah. My dad's when I was five and my mom's when I was 16. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Really cool. That's a cool yeah. thing to And, say. you know, and yeah, it is. Like, when I look back at that, it's neat. And uh-huh. when I but when I was going through it, I was just like, oh, this is no, like normal. Most of my friends' parents, eh, maybe not most, at least half of my friends' parents were not college educated. So mm-hmm. it was where I'm from. Like, it wasn't a big deal. Right. But it was really important to them that I went to college. So I did. Um, I went to the University of Massachusetts because I couldn't get into Rutgers because I didn't have good enough grades. Oh, my Somehow my- I did for that UMass. Oh, that's great. My dad yeah. went to Rut- Rutgers. Oh, nice. Yeah. 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 Um, I didn't, I didn't, is he from Jersey or? Yeah, originally. Oh, what part? Yeah. Um, gosh, dang. What's the name of that little town they were from? Oh, oh, hold on a minute. It was, um. North Jersey or you don't know? I, I will get back to you on this. Okay, I'm totally, great. totally forgetting this town. Go on. I'll, yeah. get, I'll, I'll respond before the end of this. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> um, Along the way, I discovered a lot of things. Um, I had been exposed, for example, to the Grateful Dead in high school, but I really discovered it in college. Um, I had been exposed, you know, I'd been a, an athlete growing up, um, but I just dis- I discovered a couple of new sports, which was mountain biking and rock climbing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, um, when I finally graduated college, uh, I was like, okay, I'm free. I did what my parents asked me to do. Now I can go do what I want to do. And that was to go to California, move to California and rock climb. And I, I didn't really have like any career aspirations. And, you know, I tell people this all the time and they're like, what? But like, I didn't, like, I didn't, I didn't set out to be an entrepreneur and mm-hmm. I don't even really think of myself as one today. I've, you know, I founded a couple of companies, um, but really I just like to solve, I like to challenge myself with things that are interesting and I don't really think about, you know, like I don't really, when I'm getting into them, I might say, oh, I can see where this could go. Right. right that's right, the right. thing that excites me, mm-hmm. but I'm not doing it because I'm like, oh, I'm going to take this to this place. I'm like, oh, I can see where this can go. So let's see, let's see if that's possible to make it happen. Right. Um, yeah. So that, that's, that's, that's how I started my adult life. And then um, through a series of uh, of events that I think uh, I said this to somebody once and they looked at me sideways and thought it was obnoxious and then after I told the story they were like oh no I get it um, I, I, ha- I had kind of like a little bit of a Forrest Gump type of <laughs> life in the beginning and uh-huh. like you know the first several things that I the companies that I fell into um, whether I started them or, or, or was in early were just serendipity and the right place right time and so like for example the first startup that I was in um, I was working at a climbing gym in San Francisco and uh, the owner's like, hey, my friend Tom needs someone to pack boxes for his his uh, mail order company. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was, so it was the company was Shoreline Mountain Products. They were um, selling uh, rock climbing gear and he did it out of his house. It was just him answering the phone in the morning and then packing boxes in the night and it was getting busy and he needed someone to pack boxes. So um, I was employee number one. Um, wow. We, okay. Yeah, we, I packed boxes in his garage and mm-hmm. then over time 
um, I ended up, I started answering the phone also and we got busier. And so we hired someone else to pack the boxes all day. And then I would only pack boxes in the afternoon and I'd answer the phones in the morning. And then uh, after being there for a few months, um, this was in 96, uh, yeah, 1996, um, a friend of mine in the East Coast was get early in the internet said, hey, how come you're not selling your stuff online? And I was like, you know, I, I don't know because I don't know what that means. Like I didn't right. have an email address at that yeah. point. Like I didn't really, I didn't have a computer at my house yet. Like, you know, I didn't, I didn't know. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, but she helped me understand what that meant. And she actually helped us realize that there was a different opportunity there. So we built a, a, a website called Shoreline Mountain Products and sold rock climbing gear online. And from the best that I can tell, we were one of the first e-commerce companies in the world um, and sold that company to uh, Mountain Gear um, that's, later on. Pretty that's neat. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. And so not a, not a, not a meaningful there. outcome for me. In fact, I had no equity in the company. So, you know, it was just a thing that the happened. Experience. The experience is great. And I didn't even know that I was missing out on anything, you know, yeah. awesome for, for Tom Shores. I, you know, it's someone that I, I haven't talked to him in years, but I, like, I'm so thankful for that opportunity yeah. because it yeah. was the beginning of something that I didn't know I was a, a path. I didn't know I was going to be on. Yeah. It's amazing how life is like that. And certain personalities find themselves in those situations I think you know I think yeah. there's like a certain in, like inner feeling or intuition about like I have a learning opportunity here yeah. you know I could take advantage or I could you know grow from this I may take some take the most viable takeaway may not be monetary at all yes yeah. but I loved reading your your bio um, as to seeing you know just seeing the journey you had with all these different startups and dot coms and how it led you to this job you're in now which is so you know so interesting because now you're taking these people under your wing and helping them yeah. do similar things. Yeah. So, um, so not to go too forward because I want to hear a lot more about all this journey, but, but Techstars Austin is, you know, obviously that's one of the reasons we have you on the show today because we're talking about the Austin scene. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about your pivot from startup, 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 and, and then growing into this role as managing director yeah. of Techstars. Uh, great. I will. Um, so, so I did a bunch of startups. After every single one, I yeah. always said, I'm not doing any more. <laughs> and then I kept doing it, right? I, I think, you know, if you include Techstars, I've been in seven startups um, and only one one that has crashed and burned. Right. Um, and, uh, it, but after every single one, I'm like, you know, I, I, I'm not doing this again. This is super hard and, mm -hmm. and I've made some money and like, I'm just going to go chill. Um, so I, that happened, to, that happened, we, I sold a, a company, um, with Rob Taylor, who's now the CEO of Convey called Black Locus back in 2012, I think it was. And I was like, yeah, I'm not doing this again, but maybe, in, you know, at this point I, I sort of like, I, Black Locus was at the point where I was like, oh, maybe this is what I'm doing with my early adult life. And this is who I am right now. Mm -hmm. And so I, as, as I sort of acknowledge, like, okay, I'm in the startup world. This is something that I, that I'm pretty good at. Uh, maybe I can become an investor, but I didn't really know how to right. do that. You know, and I just started developing deep relationships with investors. And I really, I didn't know how to go around that, down that path, but it was in my mind. Um, I then started a, another company that failed um, called Joust. I was at that for a couple of years, and one of the investors was uh, Jason Seats, who um, at the time was the managing director of Techstars Austin. Okay. And uh, at the same time, or, or the reason I met Jason was because Jason met Rob Taylor, um, 
And there's a whole other tangent here, which is like being your authentic self and following serendipity, right? Mm -hmm. The whole reason I know Rob is kind of random and that's how I met Jason, which is where I am today. Mm -hmm. Um, But Rob, uh, when Rob and I exited Black Locust, he had met Jason and, you know, Jason was new to town. He said, you know, who should I meet? uh, Rob introduced him to a bunch of people. I was just one of those people. But I became um, uh, a mentor for the the Techstars Austin program. Um, And I also invested in Jason's fund at that time. And so I had never invested in a fund before. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what that meant. I kind of understood what mentorship was. I'd never heard of Techstars, but I figured what better way to, to keep an eye on my investments if by, by <laughs> being really active as a mentor. Yeah. And so I did that and I really, really enjoyed it. I didn't know what it would mean further down the line. Um, but when we finally decided that Joust was, uh, that we were going to shut it down and it's not technically shut down, but when I was going to leave, um, I went to Jason, have a, have a beer with him and to tell him that, Hey, I'm really sorry, but I, I'm, I don't, I'm not going to be returning your capital. And, um, he said, that sucks, but it's okay because I've been trying to figure out a way to ask you if you would interview for my role because I'm moving to a new role in the company. So it ended up working out really well and had, you know, had he not invested and had, you know, all these other string of events, I wouldn't have ended up, uh, as the managing director. So was that, had you already moved to Austin at that point? Yeah, I've been in Austin for 11 years okay. already, okay. Yeah, which yeah. feels like I still feel like a newbie here, but I don't <laughs> think I am anymore. No, not at all. Yeah, it's yeah. 10 years. That's your that's yeah. your. That's your yeah. And I've actually been right coming now. here for, for business since, 2000, since 2001. So I've okay. been coming here for a really, really long time. Yeah. In fact, um, when I worked at Hot Jobs in the, in the late 90s and early 2000s. We had an office on Congress in the building next to where the early Techstars office was. Um, and I, and I, we were, I don't, we sure certainly, certainly weren't the first, but we had to be one of the first tech companies downtown and, you know, hot jobs was acquired by Yahoo and then yeah. acquired by Monster and doesn't exist as a brand anymore. But so we've been he- coming here for a long time. I remember that company. That's, yeah. that's amazing. So, so what did you do with, how, what was your role there? I had a lot of roles there. Okay. Um, I started in sales. Um, mm-hmm. th- it's a really fun story how I ended up there. So I was doing a little stint for an ad agency in San Francisco, and we had wrapped a, uh, a TV commercial uh, for Chevron. Mm-hmm. And we were at a bar celebrating, which is what you do when you wrap a commercial. Right. And there was this dude sitting by the bar by himself. And I'm very friendly. I just kind of like, you know, I see that. I'm like, hey, you know, come hang out with us. And the guy's name was Dave Carvajal. Um, he was one of the, the, do you know Dave? I don't think I do. Yeah. Um, he, Dave knows a lot of people. Okay. So Dave Dave, Dave was one of the one of the founding members of Hot Jobs, and he was in San Francisco recruiting because they were starting a San Francisco okay. office. And um, he was telling me about this company, Hot Jobs, that was going to IPO. I didn't know what IPO meant, but I was like, yeah, that's really cool. He's like, you should come interview. <laughs> um, and so anyway, that, there's a lot more to that story. But uh, so I started as a salesperson. Um, I almost got fired because I sucked. I was I started with a class <laughs> of 10 people. This uh, is an example of vulnerability <laughs> expressed by really advanced. <laughs> entrepreneurs. Okay, go on. Um, yeah. So there, there were a bunch of people in, in, in New York already. I, I, there was like three or four salespeople in San Francisco, and I, I started with a class of 10 people. And I was the last person to make a sale in that class and um, in the, in the, the, of, of sales hires. And I, but from what I heard after was like I was like days from getting fired. And then all of a sudden I made a sale, and I made another, and I made another. And I think like the second or third month I was one of the top producers, and then I was for a while. And then about after about four or five months, maybe six 
months, um, we went public and um, we decided to open up offices all over the country. So Austin was one of our offices and um, D.C. and Chicago and Boston and L.A. And mm-hmm. so they so the guy, they asked this guy, A.J. Johnson, to open up the L.A. office. And A.J. and they said, pick two people to go with you. So he picked me and this guy, Scott Shepard. And so we moved to L.A. to open up the L.A. office. And mm-hmm. then he became a sales manager in the L.A. office and built out that whole sales team in L.A. After I did that for about six months, I was getting really bored of selling and managing people. And so what I realized at the time was, um, if we're going too far down a rabbit hole, let me know. Um, like, we had awesome sales. We were inc- we had an incredible sales machine, like the the best that I've ever been around. Mm-hmm. But we, no one had said, oh, we also need to service our clients. So we had this super leaky bucket. And I was like, oh, I, I can. I think I know how to fix that. I don't know why I had the balls to say that because I'd never done anything like this before. But yeah. we were a young company, um, and uh, they let me try to fix it, and I did um, yeah. through several yeah, yeah, different yeah. things. And then so that that escalated into you know a bunch of you know higher roles there. So I ran that that uh, division of the company for a while. Then we sold to Yahoo. When we sold to Yahoo, a whole bunch of other turnover. I helped. I helped restart the San Francisco office. Um, and then uh, when we were done with that, I moved over to strategic sales where I built out their account management team. And then I ran part of their sales team. And this whole time, I, like once we once we sold, I realized like big companies aren't for me. Yeah, um, so yeah, I was yeah. looking for my escape hatch, but uh, but I stayed for probably a year after that. I'm looking at the, the notes I have here for the interview, which of course, none of this matters anymore because this is going, <laughs> you know, I'm like, this is a story of you, you know, it's like a really great, it's a really Thanks. great opportunity to learn more, especially about your background in sales, because yeah. that's clearly, yeah. you know, your new book. Yeah, that's where it all, book. yeah, that's where it all came from was right. like those days. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't want to pivot to the new book, but, but the new book, like, I'm just yeah. curious, like this new book that you have coming out, um, obviously Techstars is involved with it too. Yeah. And, and it's going to be, I'm sure a handbook for many people going through. The I Tech hope Stars so. Program. That's the intent. Yeah. That's that's what I took away after yeah. I really looked into it a lot more. So, tell us a little bit more about the book and how it relates to the work you're doing right sure. now. Sure. Can and and if I may, I'm going to start with the genesis of why I wrote a book. Absolutely. Because I didn't set out to write a book. Um, I really didn't. And and I'm a big believer in just being your authentic self. And like knowing you, it was before, journal entries that just turned into a book. It, it kind of <laughs> was, right? Like I, I mean, I really believe in like serendipity. And and like leaving your your ears open for your earballs <laughs> mm-hmm. open for for you know opportunities that present. So um, one of the things be, there's we've got like the managing directors at in TechStars are incredible. They mm-hmm. do a really good job of hiring super high quality people. I have there there isn't a person that I could think of that isn't super high quality um, with uh, present company excluded from that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, oh. But but but, uh, <laughs> but most of the people don't have a background in sales, right? Mm-hmm. They're technical or their or their product or whatever. Whatever it is, sales isn't one of them. So I get a lot of requests for, hey, can you come to my program and do a sales workshop? Or, hey, can you talk to this company and coach them a little bit? Mm-hmm. And um, and and when I get the request specifically around a workshop, I always say, you know, well, what do you want me to do a workshop on? I'll see if I can create something. And no one ever had a really good answer. And so I finally said, you know what? Um, and, you know, I'm going to digress just a tiny bit. This, I don't know that I would have, this whole journey would have started if I hadn't um, tore some cartilage in my ankle. Because I'm very active. And for four months, I couldn't be. And so mm-hmm. I had a, fu- I, I was, I lost my shit for a little bit. And then yeah. I was like, I have to find oh, something. No, Sorry. It's good. Actually, yeah. go, go, yeah. go. We're in um, no. Yeah. Um, I had to find something to do with my energy because I don't sit still well. And so I said, okay, I've got some time on my hands. Let me come up with a couple of workshops. Mm -hmm. And and as I sat 
sat down to think about what workshops could I create for for um, for some of the other programs in TechStars. Uh, I, I realized that there were a lot, and I came up with a list of 18. And so my first thought was, okay, I'm just going to poll the other managing directors and see where it lies, and then I'll come up with a couple workshops based on their polls. Yeah. And as I read them, I'm like, you know, some of this isn't going to mean anything to anybody except me. So let me do a quick little blurb on all of them. That that little blurb turned into six blog posts. I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. I wrote blog posts. Maybe mm-hmm. Techstars will publish them on the blog, right? Right. Um, and so um, as I sort of started to send those around to different and friends and, and peers just for feedback to make sure like they were that you can comprehend what the point was and that they were readable and you know I I'm not really a writer um, and, uh, or at least that I I don't I don't consider myself one in present day so I wanted a lot of feedback and I got a lot of feedback like hey there's probably a book in here somewhere which I thought was a a, a nice compliment but still not an aspiration like I, I at the time I couldn't fathom what it would mean to sit down and write a book right and then serendipitously um, one of the first companies that I invested in in at TechStars Austin was a company at the time they were called Authors.me now they're called StoryFit mm-hmm. and at the time they sold um, AI uh, AI data packages to publishers. Mm-hmm. Well, when they pivoted to the film industry, um, one of the people who went through Techstars um, had come from publishing and went back to publishing as an acquisition editor for Wiley. Totally random. She mm-hmm. reached out mm-hmm. to me. She had no idea that this was all happening. She said, hey, I don't know if you remember me. I just took a job at Wiley as an acquisition editor. And I was wondering if you knew anybody at Techstars who might be interested in writing a book. It was just timing. Oh, my god! And I was like, well, interestingly enough, I did this thing. <laughs> Read what I wrote. I don't. It might be shit. Sorry. Yeah. It might be trash. But if you think there's something here. I'm open to a conversation about it. And so I sent it to her. She came back within a day. And she's like, I, there's something here. Let's work on a proposal together, which oh which apparently goodness. is not typical. Like, So usually you have to yeah. submit the proposal. So we did it together. Um, we got it. it. One of the things through this process was that I turned to Techstars and said, it, and I, I, I don't think I'd actually signed a deal with them yet, but I was pretty close. I turned to specifically David Cohen and Brad Feld and I said, hey guys, like I have no idea what I'm doing and you guys have both written books. Can you give me some advice? And they have been incredible through this process. Oh, that's but one of the things that David Cohen is the CEO of Hashab said is, you know, if you'd be willing to name the book Sell More Faster, which I didn't have a good title yet, and I think that's a great title. And, mm-hmm. it, and it's it's congruent with a lot, like Do More Faster, which is a book he wrote and some other titles that are that right. may come out down the line. Um, and and put a little Techstars branding on it. Not only would we help you, but we'll promote it through the network, you know, and so smart. So, yeah. so I turned and I told them that and it was like done. Okay, let's let's do this. And then as I started, you know, I, I I'm I like to think I'm decently self-aware. One of the things that I realized really quickly was this is going to be super hard. I have a program that's starting in January, at the end of January. If I don't finish this by the end of January, it's going to sit until the fall. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I'll ever do this because I'm going to get distracted and I know myself well. So then I turned to them and I said, hey, can we can we get on a really tight timeline and have this thing be published and in stores so that I can use it for recruiting in the fall? And they were oh like, gosh. you're crazy, but sure, let's try. And if it doesn't happen, we'll push the date. Wow. Um, and then we did. We got it done. I, I, I sat and I yeah, think that's... Th- this book was in me though, right? Like it's literally everything I've done professionally and all the people I've worked with. So I was able to sit down and write it in about six weeks. Oh my gosh. I can't wait. I really can't wait to Thanks. read it. I'm terrified that, that I think the content is good, but I am terrified that people are going to read it and finally find out, find out that I'm a little bit of an imposter. Oh, uh, wow. but I think the content is good. We'll see if the writing is good. 
<laughs> wow. Well, I think you've got the right stage to present your, you know, the knowledge that you have. You know, it's, it's no, it's not, I don't think it's um, strange that these things keep happening to you, you know, through your life. You've had doors opening and opportunities happening and, and you know, clearly this book opportunity, the tech stars thing. It's like, like I said, there's certain personalities and people who energetically invite things to come to them. And I think that's how you are, you know. I, I hope so. Yeah. Life is short. We should enjoy right. every and little And you take thing. advantage of those opportunities. I, I you try. don't push them away. You don't yeah. say no. You yeah. made it happen in the time frame that you could make it happen. I mean, yeah. that's that's how it works. Yeah. That's success right there. Thank you. You're not Thank yeah, you. that's yeah. that's awesome. I can't wait to read the book and I'm sure that, you know, so I'm sure a lot of people out there will want to read it too. So tell us more. It's coming out in September. It comes out on September 4th. Okay. Um, if you're here in Austin, uh, we haven't set, well, we'll be sending out invites in about three or four weeks. So I'm not sure f- from when this will actually air, but, uh, but we'll have a launch party on September 4th. Right. Um, Josh Bear and Capital Factory were gracious enough to give us some space to do that. So we'll do it at Capital nice. Factory. Um, that sounds yeah, awesome. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah, it's all, all, all forthcoming. And um, what else can I tell you? What is it about? It's, it is meant to be, so the thing, the reason that I wrote it is because is we, aside from that long story that I told you, when, when we sort of looked around and said, what what is there? What's, what are the resources to help a founder from day zero to figure out, do they have a sellable product? How do you figure out product market direction? How do you figure out product market fit? How do you mm-hmm. build and scale sales? Mm-hmm. There really wasn't something that took you from day zero that's playbook style. And so my my intent with this book is for you to be able to like open it up and read it like a recipe. Right. It doesn't read like a recipe, but that's mm-hmm. the intent. Tension, right? So right. you say, okay, I have an idea for a company or I, or I have a company that has been started. How do I figure out if I, if I know who my customers are? How do I know that the thing that I've created is what they actually are buying from me? Um, not what I'm selling them, but what they're buying from me. Mm-hmm. And and why do they want that? And that, so I call that W the W3 method, which mm-hmm. is what I did, what I physically launched at a company called business.com, which is the thing that made us go from, you know, eight or 10 million. Yeah, so in the revenue W3 to method, yeah. tell us more about that. I read yeah. that. Yeah. So it's, it's who, what, and why, who are you selling to? Why do they buy and why do they buy it? Mm-hmm. And, and it, it, what, what I propose is that if you can't answer emphatically with confidence what those three things are, you cannot grow a sales organization. You can't, you can't grow a meaningful business. You might be able to get sales, but you're not going to have something that's long-term and generates value mm-hmm. for someone else. And if you can't generate long-term value for someone else, you can't build a long-term sustainable business. And mm-hmm. so the whole book is, is based off of that. And so I refer back to it over and over and over again throughout the book. Um, Wonderful. Yeah. And so so um, I noticed that you're going to have some speaking engagements yep. about the book. And once this rolls out, there's hopefully a lot of opportunity for people to hear you talk yeah. about it and maybe, you know, learn from you directly. Yeah. So that's going to be fun to watch, too. Yeah. Um, so you now have a book. You have this a career behind you, a lot of experience. You've been managing and director of Techstars. Um, do you see yourself authoring more books? What do you see in the future? Oh, gosh. Um I don't know the answer to that question. I, you know, I, 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 I'm not I'm not sitting here today thinking like I have five more books in me and I know what they're going to be and 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 I'm you know my my new plight is to be an author. I would say that there are topics that inspire me and if if this book does reasonably well 
and Wiley is interested in me writing another book, I might try to find another topic to do mm-hmm. it on. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that I'll rush to do it in a year. It might be yeah. three years or five years. Um, you know, I have some things that I that are sort of percolate in my head that would be fun to talk about. Uh, we've talked about some of this, like mm-hmm. I have this belief that there's, you know, while, while there's a lot more focus being put on um, the emotional aspects of being a founder, yeah. I don't think enough people are thinking about the, the um, convergence of, um, of business operations and emotions. And I think there's a lot of interesting stuff that there, yeah. um, I, you know, I, I'm fascinated by risk. Uh, I, you know, my, 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 my this whole launch into startups really started because I was a, a, an adventure athlete, not because I was a startup person. Right. And I, I haven't lost that. Right. I don't push the same limits, mostly because I don't have the time and I've got a family now. But um, I'm I'm fascinated by what risk means to different people, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I, I, there's a there's a quote. There's a uh, so I'm sure most people that are listening to this probably saw Free Solo. Um which if you haven't seen it, you should go see it. It's about this guy who free solos El Capitan. His name's Alex uh, Hanold. Um, there's lots of people that came before him that didn't free solo El Cap, but that were amazing. And there's this one free soloist, John Bacar, and he was interviewed in the 80s um, or the early 90s on like the Johnny Carson show or Letterman or something. And they asked him like, well, don't you, you know, don't you feel like you're putting your life at risk? And he said something that just like was, it hit home so hard, which was he's like, I don't think I'm going to fall and die. So to me, there is no risk. Mm. And I think that embodies like what we all think of as entrepreneurs and as founders. Like, right. of course, we know there's yes. there's inherent risk, mm-hmm. but we don't think about it as risky because we're so sure. Right. And so I'm fascinated. Sorry. Right. I'm fascinated by risk. Um, and, I, and I don't know what that means yet in like the greater scheme of yeah. things. But yeah. yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm of course, in the context of the podcast, it's uh, I'm a podcast host. But yeah. here, but besides that, I have a company, as yeah. you know, a PR firm. And it was like taking that step to jump off the cliff into the abyss where you really can't predict things beyond a few months a lot, you know, in, yeah. in, in running a business, um, at least starting out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that was I just will never forget that, because once you get to you learn to live in that space of not knowing and you become comfortable with not knowing, it's it's kind of a breeze. Yeah. But before you do it, it's so scary. Yeah. It's so scary, at least for me. You know, I know everybody's different. Everybody has different experiences. I think it is for everybody, even if they don't want to admit it. But, but what's really interesting about what you said and, and my, my partner, Zoe Schlag, who runs the Techstars Impact mm-hmm. Program, we talk about this all the time, <clears throat> um, specifically with our founders, which is that 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 place of like now because we've been doing things like this for so long i'm more uncomfortable when i when when it is repeatable right. when you're in that sort of repetition yeah. that and and if it and and it goes back to the first thing you asked me which is like what drives me like mm-hmm. I, I think like being uncomfortable is really comfortable and, and, you know, having to solve the Rubik's cube of life or whatever the thing is that you're in is mm-hmm. super fun. If you, if you can just, it's like anything, right? It's like, if you've never run before and you go and you run a mile, it's going to be hard, but right. you run a mile, then it becomes easy. Then you run right. two, then you run three. Like, yep. I think it's the same thing. You build that muscle around like being comfortable, being uncomfortable and you can yeah. do some really amazing things. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Manifest things. Yeah. Bring things to you. Yeah. So. And that's that might be your next book, actually. Just just saying (laughs) (laughs) the serendipity, you know, right place, right time. I mean, it's it's important. Yeah. But um, all right. Well, I don't know if we've gotten to our mark, but I will say that 
this is a very special person here in Austin. And um, one thing I do want to talk about before we end is just Techstars and the, the cohorts that you're in charge of, your partner is always in charge yeah. of, and where you guys are, because there might be people out there interested in being a part of it. So what yeah. what can you tell us? Um, well, firstly, if you don't know about Techstars, um, one, you can definitely go to the website and learn a lot more. It's text, just techstars.com. Uh, typically, Zoe and myself and Trevor, who works with us, we will take pretty much any meeting. So we're happy to talk about Techstars anytime. We love what we do. Um, and so we have two programs that run in Austin. I run what's called a horizontal program. So I, I can invest in any kind of company via the accelerator. Um, and I can talk about the accelerator a little bit. Uh, the, the thesis that I stand behind is that I believe if we if I can get conviction that a founder can build a meaningful company and have reasonable confidence that there's an existing market, even if we're not going currently going after the right market, that's an exciting investment for me. Mm-hmm. Because the thing that I've seen over and over and over and over again is that um, the, the, the only thing we know for sure day one is that we're wrong about a lot of stuff and we don't know what that is. So we have to find people that are resilient um, and smart and and uh, creative to, to work on the hard stuff. So my investment thesis is for the accelerators all around that. And then Zoe's is that coupled with uh, it has an impact focus, so the, a social impact focus. So um, the, the your company has to be doing something good for the world. Um, and so because of that, we've got some really interesting companies that go through that that are trying to solve things like global air pollution, um, uh, uh, child care and health care for. Or, um, the underserved, or you know, um, human rights in you know, uh, mm-hmm. in, in factories in foreign countries and that sort of thing. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so. People can go to the website to learn more. You guys are actually going to be soon accepting applications for the yeah applications for my new program are open um, until the end of August, Mm -hmm. and then we have about a six week period where we'll look at the applications, do a bunch of follow up interviews, and then we'll make decisions in October for our program starting December second, which will run until uh, the beginning of March. We'll end right before South by, so then we can done and graduated and ready to take on South by. Yeah. Yeah. That's a whole nother opportunity. Yeah. Just right here in in front of our eyes in Austin. So much happening here. Yeah. So, well, thank you. And if there's anything else you want to say, here's your last moment. What else do you want to, what do you want to tell everybody? Well, thank you for having me. First of all, this was so much fun. I always love hanging out. And um, what do I want to tell everybody? I don't know if you're a founder starting a company. Awesome. Go for it. You know, (laughs) walk with confidence and, and take the risk. It's fun and it's a worthwhile journey. And there's a lot of resources out there for you. Yep. So check out Techstars just as one example of that. Yeah. And sell more faster. You can actually get my book, <laughs> pre-order my book now at sellmorefasterbook.com. That's the plug I was Yes. For. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm not good at plugging myself. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sellmorefasterbook.com. <laughs> All right. Amos, yeah. thank you so much. And uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Yeah. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>
Founding Austin's Up and Comers is available on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow me at Juice Consulting on Instagram or Facebook. Links are in the show notes, and thanks for listening.